Oh, it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD. And Swagzilla Zero G is here. We've got your Week 12 SOPs, standard operating procedures for your Superflex leagues. And uh, by the way, um, we're, we've, we're adding a new segment. Um, this is one that we've done on the show in the past, um, but it's more of a, a end of season wrap up type of thing. But Swags, this was your idea that we're gonna we're gonna start showing some love to the uh, the dynasty rebuilders going forward. Yeah, and we're not just gonna be buying picks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, we're probably not at all. Like that's just so implied that it's just like. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're rebuilding and you can get a draft pick, you know, do it. But, like, these are some actual players that you can kind of build around. Um, yeah. Start your rebuild, you know, a little early now. Because especially, this is something that we've been talking about for a long time. I mean, in the offseason, I was saying, you know, my strategy in a lot of my leagues is going to be to commit to a tank and rebuild before this season even starts because the rookie class is going to be so good in 2023 and not even so good, but so much better than 2022 that you, you want to have that head start on getting to those early picks because that's where you're going to get some foundational players that we haven't had, um, you know, coming in with, you know, guys like Bijan Robinson and Bryce young and CJ Stroud, like you're going to want, access to to those guys and kind of the easy way to do it is to just guide your own roster to the very bottom score as few points as you can within the rules of your league and the problem is i think that there were a lot of people who just like they couldn't get themselves to that point they couldn't swallow the pride or whatever you want to say you know long enough to uh to take that uh, you know, to take an L on an entire season, pay your buy-in and then, you know, just tank all season. Mm -hmm. And so they, it, you know, probably also saw an opportunity to win, you know, a 12 team league becomes a 10 team league because you've got two teams that are actively tanking. Sure. So it seems a little bit easier to win a championship. And I think that there were probably some teams that went into it and said, all right, I'm going to make a run here. And, you know, halfway through the season, it becomes pretty evident that, you know, this isn't a contender, but it's also too late to tank because these other teams have been doing it for eight weeks. You know, so it's kind of like you you get stuck in the middle a little bit in that purgatory that we all hate to be in, in the middle of the league. Not yeah. a contender, but not the worst. And you kind of you're you're trying to figure out what to do. Well, I mean, an easy way to to do this is to really kind of focus on the players who are going to be there next year who aren't necessarily there right now. And so going forward, that's that's kind of going to be our plan, especially with you know trade deadlines. Anyone who's got trade deadlines that they've have already passed. Um, you know, when we talk about players to buy. That's for dynasty leagues where you don't have a trade deadline. So we're, we've, you know, and it's, it's going to be primarily for contenders. So we've really kind of alienated a lot of people. So we wanted to give it back to them a little bit and give them some options as well. Yeah. I like it. And something you brought up at the beginning of that 
is no quotations, but by the rules of your league, like when you're yeah. tanking and how do you do that? And sometimes it even turns out that you're maybe you're not even good at, at tanking <laughs> and you no, I mean, but you have those players, you know, and happen. like you keep starting your lineup and you're all of a sudden like, man, I'm fourth place or I'm the sixth seed. I'm probably going to make the playoffs <laughs> unless I, you know, cause you're putting your, you're setting your lineup and, so, like, what players do you trade away when you are trying to tank, and which ones do you keep in those moments, too, is sometimes hard to decide upon. Like, are you going to trade away a player just to get the points out of your lineup when that player it could be a great part of your rebuild for next year? And, like, handling those situations could be a little bit different. And then there's players that you might see presented with an opportunity I don't want to get too far into the show and like say my buys or anything like that, but you are presented with an opportunity and it all of a sudden helps your team for, but by helping your team, it makes your tank a little bit harder. And what do you do with that player? Cause now, you know, you're not going to win still the player doesn't help you enough to win, but he's still putting those points in your lineup and making it harder for you to suck. And even like John said, like, starting that process early and realizing your team needed to be in that rebuild mode before the other teams presented you with opportunities that you don't have today, whether it be the picks from the strong contenders. And, and I know you're thinking that's oh, a 110, it's a 112, but those picks like are, are uh, of the, another teams now that was happy with failing this year. So to pry those picks from those teams in this moment is not going to happen because they started all that earlier. So the, pieces that you can buy today for your rebuild or to stay young and viable the competitive rebuild however you're doing it are going to be different than what was available for the teams that decided to tank early in 2022 or even before that like you're you're not going to be able to get the same things they could get and i think that those parts have changed a lot but i think that you could still start rebuilding a, a team right now right and I mean, one of the things that we're kind of seeing, I mean, it's it, it it's really just kind of a reminder, 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 reminder. Um, at least for the two of us, like this is stuff that we both talk about all the time, which is that you know, rebuild really doesn't have to take a year. And not only that, you know, going into the season, it it I you know I think it was doable to to actually commit to a tank and stick with that. But um, kind of to your point, like if you didn't go all on the on the tank, there's a there were a lot of teams. I have a roster that I did not think was going to be a contender. You know, I, I started off the season it, like I liked my quarterbacks. It's a three quarterback limit, but I ended up with Josh Allen, Tua, and Justin Fields, and you know felt pretty. And then when Tua went out, I ended up with Geno Smith as well with two on IR and nice. but beyond that the rest of this team was crap dude I was starting Kareem Hunt and Jarek McKinnon weeks one and two I had uh um you know Hollywood Brown Jacoby Myers um and I think I might have still I might have been starting Donovan Peoples Jones by then but like like it was it, this team started off something like five and oh six and oh just because I had a really great schedule but uh, it was it was not a team that I expected to be a contender. But when you start off that strong, 
against those teams that are actively tanking start off with that 6-0 and record, then it starts to feel like, ah, maybe I take a run at this. And now, you know, injuries have definitely gotten me and stuff, but I'm also just kind of, I'm, I'm, it's, it, reality is just kind of setting in a little bit with that team. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely time to start thinking in terms of rebuild, but like there was kind of nothing wrong with thinking that that team could sneak into the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, who the hell knows? Yeah. You know, um, and I'm still kind of there, but there are ways to, if, if at any point the writing is on the wall, and you know it's time to rebuild there are other ways to rebuild other than just acquiring picks other than you know earning 101 there are other ways to do it and so anyways the rest of our season is going to be pretty focused on kind of a combination of you know here's how you finish off uh, a league winning um here's how you manage a roster to a championship and also here's how to you know, start start or continue a rebuild, kind of regardless of what phase of that you're in. Like either way, let's let's get these rebuilds done in time for 2023. Yeah. Start cleaning up the rosters now before you get into the off season. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, just because you're not going to have one on one doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get this rebuilt. There are plenty of ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing that there are a lot of players who can help you that you wouldn't have expected. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, this new segment, uh, next year, this year. So, kind of a playoff of next week, this week. But we're looking ahead an entire year. Um, Looking forward, basically, to the start of the 2023 season and some players who are going to put you in uh, a position to contend. a year from now so that you're not stuck in a perpetual rebuild. Yep. So, um, but that's going to be at the very end of the show. So let's, uh, let's just start where we always start with the players, make sure they're rostered. And, uh, I always go through these, but I, if it, I wanted to see if you would like to take the, the lead on this one. Oh man. <laughs> I oh, know man. they're my names, but out of nowhere, yeah, yeah, I don't mind doing that at all. Like, so starting off with quarterback Taylor Heineke, that's how I like to say it. Yeah, I like him to be like the beer. Open it up, I <laughs> man. I wonder what's gonna happen here. Taylor Heineke. If if, if right, <laughs> <laughs> if we uh, if we get Carson Wentz back, nonetheless, I do think that he should be rostered. It sounds a little bit like we'll see Carson Wentz on the field a little bit this year again, though. Yeah, they've then, been playing better football with with Hineke, Heineke, whatever mm-hmm. Taylor Hanky, the Christmas poo. Like they're <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's they've been better with him, and it, you could also say it coincides with him. Brian Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that dude. <laughs> just, they're better off with that guy than the other guy. <laughs> but like, it does it 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 just kind of. It's one of those things like in the past, uh, I mean, you and I are both old enough to remember the days when they said you can't lose your starting job to an injury. 
but like it, it's kind of like the 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 old saying the customer is always right like at yeah. some point that stopped being true yeah. that's not the case anymore you the customer is actually very rarely right because they're not the professional they're just some idiot uh, asking for your help on something and you can absolutely lose your job to an injury if you get injured and then the team starts playing better in your absence, you're yeah. going to lose your job and you win the locker room and yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of think get that's it. where we're at with this dude, <laughs> Taylor yep. and definitely Taylor deserves H. to be rostered. Like if he's sitting around, honestly, I, I'd be comfortable dropping Davis mills. He's not even on our show sheet today, but somebody like him, if you need a quarterback drop Davis mills, yeah. Pick up Taylor Beer. Yeah. And <laughs> and then Gus Edwards. Obviously, we know the Ravens are going to run. And Gus Edwards seems like he's close to coming back. And running backs are hard to find. Nico Collins. Um, I'm just realizing something here. I think John Hogue is a closet go blue fan oh i didn't even think about that yep i just i mean they're they're target monsters we you got, guys are we got nico guys... collins on the show sheet we got some hassan haskins coming up we got some donovan people's jones all season yeah oh go yeah blue. up up there in the uh the the great white north you guys are cranking out some some target hogs yeah but but so i love the nico collins mention nice big body for well the davis mills that i just told you to drop <laughs> <laughs> but it, but in all fairness it, it nico collins is basically his only weapon yeah so like they're they're just kind of done with Brandon Cooks, it seems like. We talked about it last week. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, take away the captain C and, you, you know, uh, he's he's been out-snapped, out-targeted, out-routed by Nico Collins three straight weeks now. It's, it's yeah, it's just kind of. Yeah, it's happening. It's there, yeah. And then Dawson Knox, tight end. John gave you a player at every position to make sure they're rostered and will help you win yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the challenges with this show has always been, because we talked about Nico Collins last week as an ad. Um, I think we talked about uh, Taylor as a, as a waiver ad last week. Um, we've had Gus Edwards both as an ad and as a next week this week at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got some players. Sometimes these players move from next week this week to a waiver ad. But the tough thing is always figuring out, like, how do we – we don't want to be redundant. We don't want to keep saying, oh, pick up Nico Collins, P- pick up Nico Collins. But, like, if you haven't yet – how do we keep them kind of front of mind without, you know, beating a dead horse? Essentially, no, I, Dude, I completely know what you mean. Cause I even felt that way. We'll get to it when we get to our drops, but I even felt that way with one of my drops that I put on there and no, it's not even Rondale Moore or <laughs> Kadarius, Tony or Wandale Robinson. 
Yeah. But I kind of felt that way still putting it, but I had a point to it. And and we'll get to that. But yeah, I felt the completely same way. Kind of like, man, this is almost like low hanging fruit. I've mentioned negative things about this player last couple of weeks, but I, I'm still not quite right with the roster ship compared to some other players we're going to talk about later in the show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes these guys, if we have them as a waiver priority, you know, we'll get him in there as make sure they're rostered. But there are also plenty of players that we're just not even going to mention. But we mentioned them last week, and it still stands. If they're still available for whatever reason in your league, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Warren, Kyron, Kyron Williams were our running back ads last week. And if they're still available, any one of those guys is still available in your league. Like, they're, they're to me, they're a higher priority Jalen Warren's a little tougher because of his injury, mm-hmm. but they're probably higher priority than the guys we're going to talk about this week. But um, we just don't want to, you know, waste the time talking about those guys for the second week in a row. Like they were a priority then; they're still a priority now. Essentially, yep. I hear you. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, when as as information changes, it's kind of worth it to to bring up the names again, at least, at least, uh, very briefly. So as far as that goes, waiver ads for us, um, this week at quarterback and man, it's getting, it's, it's getting gross at quarterback, uh, this time of the year. Although I like our next week, this week quite a bit. Um, but I don't think that he's going to be a priority just yet. The guys who are more likely to be priorities right now, First of all, John Wolford, Matthew Stafford goes out with yet another injury, concussion this time. So, um, you know, a little less likely to miss multiple weeks, but definitely possible, first of all, that he misses week 12 and Wolford is your starter. And then second, that team is going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and now they don't even they don't have Cooper Cup. You know, they're they're kind of running out of weapons. At what point do they just shut Matthew Stafford down for the season and say, all right, like, let's let's just turn our attention to 2023. Especially they don't have draft picks. There's no real, you know, there isn't a great way to fix any of this. It's really just kind of, you know, lick your wounds, get everybody healthy and regroup for 2023. So, yeah, dude. And I don't want to try to be too cute here and make fun of injuries, but poor Allen Robinson, like he finally gets opportunity because Cooper Cup goes down. And now he goes from Matt Stafford to John Wolford, the worst quarterback he's possibly (laughs) ever played with. And I mean, how could it even get worse? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think I would put... I would put John Wolford over Mitchell Trubisky, but it's hard to say, man. Uh, that's that's kind of the fact that that's the conversation. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. And but not only that, not only does he does he miss out on Matthew Stafford. Like he, as soon as he gets to L.A., Matthew Stafford like has not been healthy ever since. I mean he's he's played and he's played just fine at times this season, but we knew going into the season that he wasn't healthy. Yeah. He had that freaking dead arm thing. Yep. And then Super Bowl slump big time for the yeah. Rams. 
Yeah, it usually doesn't happen to the to the the winner of the Super Bowl, but it, man, it got them good. Um, but not only that, but Allen Robinson misses out on the chance to play with Justin Fields. Like they finally get it fixed in Chicago, and he's he's already out the door. So, uh, anyways, speaking of Chicago, Trevor Simeon is our other guy. Um, Justin Fields with that uh, dislocated shoulder. So it, I I don't remember if it's dislocated or separated, and apparently those are two different things. Um, but either way, it's we his non-throwing the type. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's his non-throwing shoulder. Not necessarily going to miss any time, but I don't know why you would run him back out there just yet. Like, let's talk about a team going nowhere. You know they're they're playing great and they're losing every single week. Yeah, Justin Fields in particular looks awesome every week, and then they lose. Like, there's if there was ever a team that's motivated to just like bench him and like let's just bottle this up for next year, or at least you know give him plenty of time to get healthy when he does suffer an injury at the very least. Anyways, Trevor Trevor Simeon would be the backup. Trevor Simeon would be the starter if Justin Fields were to miss. And I would say at the very least, if you have Justin Fields, you want to handcuff him with Trevor Simeon. You don't want to get caught without a quarterback if he does happen to miss. I don't think it's crazy either what John just said, that the Bears start a little bit of a tank and build around Justin Fields a little bit. But Justin Fields is going to be their quarterback, but they might make their pick a little bit better. Yeah, get him a man. Get him a, a wide receiver, or a, or get him some uh, some help on the offensive line more than mm-hmm. anything. Um, running backs, we really only have two. Samaj P. Ryan takes over for Joe Mixon, who went out with an injury. Um, man, I'm not even going to try and play doctor on that one and tell you <laughs> what's going to happen with his injury. But uh, at the moment, Samaj P. Ryan in line to start for Cincinnati. And then Latavius Murray. So Melvin Gordon finally dropped, I mean, basically 11 weeks too late. And uh, Chase Edmonds goes on IR with a high ankle sprain. Mike Boone is scheduled to come back in week 13. But for the moment, the healthy guys that you've got in that backfield, it's Latavius Murray and it's Marlon Mack. Devin Azigbo. Like those are, that's kind of what we're looking at at this point. And the big thing is, and we're going to talk more about this in next week, this week, but, uh, well, I guess we're not going to talk. We're just going to talk about it now. (laughs) The Broncos are kind of, it's, we've got a few teams that hit that. Like it's, it's like a downward spiral at running back. Like you lose the top guy and then you move on to the next guy, but you also pick up a free agent to back him up and the next guy gets hurt. Now you're onto that free agent and, you know, you just keep going down the list, like keep losing these guys. I, I'm i not here to predict a Latavius Murray injury. I'm just telling you that that's a trajectory that the Broncos are on. Is it like John's watching the patterns? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, and the pattern here would be that Latavius Murray is great for a game or two, gets injured, and then we're on to a combination of Marlon Mack and the returning Mike Boone. And then, you know, they probably pick somebody up somewhere along the way. (laughs) Like it's just, 
This is this is what the Todd Gurley season is going. Yeah, <laughs> Todd Gurley's back here at some point. Sean Alexander's still out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the moment, Latavius Murray. I mean, he got the workload against the Raiders, and uh, was really pretty effective. So I think they're going to lean on him. Uh, so he's a pretty high priority. Wide receivers to Marcus Robinson. Man, oh, man, he's like uh, so 11 catches, I believe, over 100 yards, touchdown. Um, he's nine been for nine. Is that correct? I mean, didn't he catch everything thrown right. his way? Yeah, yeah. And he's been so heavily targeted. They get Mark Andrews back, and it's still Demarcus Robinson is, is kind of their top option since Bateman went down. So, And he's just kind of making the rest of those guys irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Slayton for the Giants, Wandale Robinson out for the season. We're just getting like kind of what we were talking about with the Broncos running back situation. That's where the Giants are at wide receiver. Like it's just going to be a different set of names every week. But Darius Slayton right now is the healthiest uh, is is of the healthy players left. He's got the most time with the Giants, the most time with Daniel Jones. Um, DJ Chark Jones has a great matchup this week. Is that I right? Didn't look it at it rest of season, but mm-hmm. I looked at it this weekend and man, I forget. I have to look, man, it was a good matchup. Let me see really nice. quick here. While you do that, I'll finish this off. DJ Chark back from injury for Detroit off of IR, um, and actually gets in the end zone, uh, even on a snap, a limited snap count. Um, just man the outside getting them a much needed field stretcher on the outside we're going to talk about another one in next week this week but for the moment dj dj chark is the guy in detroit that kind of opened things up for that offense and then justin watson kansas city um Kadarius tony goes out with an injury uh we already know juju smith schuster out for the time being um Michael hardman out with an injury <laughs> Like, we're just kind of running out of guys in Kansas City for Pat Mahomes to throw to, but he seems to really trust Justin Watson, uh, heavily targeted over the last couple weeks. Juju should be back, right? He he should be back very soon, I would think. Yeah, I lied. Daniel Jones has an awful matchup this weekend. He plays Dallas on Thanksgiving Ooh. Day. Ooh, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. For sure, what the what Dallas how Dallas schemes that, but my guess would be Diggs on Slayton. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's definitely not a pickup for this week, apparently. <laughs> and then just wanted tied to see in. if you guys were paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At uh, tight end, Logan Thomas is back off of an injury. Goes six for sixty-five. And uh, has always been a favorite of Taylor, uh, Taylor Beers. So, um, <laughs> so uh, you know, getting him back healthy, you know, not only does it make t- Taylor more uh, more viable, um, it also uh, makes Logan, Logan Thomas a viable starting option at tight end. And then I'm actually going to take this last guy off. We've got him in uh, next week, this week, so we'll talk about him there instead. So right now we're at Logan Thomas at tight end, 
Demarcus Robinson, Darius Slayton, DJ Chark, Justin Watson. Those are your wide receivers. Samaj P. Ryan, Latavius Murray at running back. John Wolford and Trevor Simeon at quarterback. This is really kind of a, for the most part, this probably applies to dynasty just as well as redraft. Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't happen often, but this week, I think a lot of these guys are going to be available in a lot of leagues, kind of regardless of the format. Yeah. So how are you going to prioritize these guys? Man, so we're super flexing. Mm-hmm. But it's still a little tough for me. And I think that I would prioritize Latavius Murray because I think he's the most likely to have the role stick rest of season and helps me. But I'm having a hard time not going after, like, Trevor Simeon in case he does have that job with a tank the rest of the year. I think I agree with everything we talked about on Matthew Stafford and kind of on what's the point with him, but that dude is the point, even if he is the warrior (laughs) that if this is his last season or two, he will want to be out there again this year. And um, that's what I love about Matthew Stafford. But if he can, he will play. Whereas Justin Fields, I don't think has the moxie to let the team know he's playing, even if he doesn't need to be shut down. Makes me feel a little bit better about Simeon, but still going back to Murray, I think he's the guy you want to add this week. Yeah, fair. Um, <clears throat> Demarcus Robinson is the only or other man, guy. Like that Sam I would... J. P. Ryan too. Sorry, John, to interrupt no, you like good. that, but Sam J. P. Ryan with with Mixon out, like we said. Yeah. If we knew for a fact, and I, I, I mean, it's possible that that information is out there, and I just haven't seen it. If we knew for a fact that Joe Mixon is out for any amount of time, mm-hmm. especially if it was more than a week, like if they put him on IR, Samaj P. Ryan all of a sudden is easily the top priority, right? Yeah, um, Latavius is would be close there. Like I said, I think I would put Demarcus Robinson in the conversation kind of just just off of the volume he's getting. It's a it's an easier position to replace. And I mean, you can just start with the fact that we're talking about two running backs versus four wide receivers. Like there's four yeah. different ways to fix a wide receiver spot this week. And there's only one and a half guys at this point, Latavius and possibly P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, who who fix a running back spot for you so i think then i'm gonna i'm gonna hypothetically hop in and talk to john about a trade i'm making and i'm not really making one there's no players involved here but a lot of times what john would say on the show i think you guys have probably heard john say this as well or in our backyards just talking together is are you going to get that player in your lineup or did you just like trade for another wide receiver that's going to be on your bench? Like why did you make the hypothetical conversation that two for one for two wide receivers when you had that one stud that you knew you could count on? I know this is completely different than that because we're not talking about a trade, but I think I'm going to go with that rule a little bit too and say like if Demarcus Robinson feels like he's going to hit your lineup more times than not, or even a few, I, I think then absolutely Robinson's the right choice. But if not, I'm gonna have I have John Hogan in my ear saying, 
you just got another wide receiver on your bench, dude. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a great point, and it also just kind of reinforces that rule a little bit of not trading for for wide receiver depth. Mm-hmm. The fact that you don't really need wide receiver depth, because if you it, you know if you're in a situation where you actually need a wide receiver. Um, you know, you're still waiting on Jamar Chase or Cooper. You just lost Cooper Cup last yeah. week, something like that. This is a pretty good list of guys who are going to be widely available. So, you know, you're going to be able to fix that on waivers if you need to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, the you know the need to replace wide receiver really kind of ends in your starting lineup. Like, if you don't need a starting wide receiver, then it's fairly low priority. Like you can get some depth, but, um, you know, like get, get whichever guy is cheapest, you know, (laughs) put like, put smaller bids on all these guys and, you know, just get whoever's the cheapest, but it's also pretty rare that you actually need wide receiver depth. <laughs> so, so I think that that's that's all fair. So seems like we're primarily going to target Latavius Murray. Monitor the Joe Mixon injury, and if uh, he's going to miss any amount of time, um, you know, before your waivers have to come out, or if you have Joe Mixon, um, you can prioritize Samaje P. Ryan in that case as well. Handcuff him just in case. Um, otherwise, I mean, to me, Demarcus Robinson would still be kind of next priority. I think those quarterbacks, you really just kind of handcuff the the starter, right? Yeah. I like. Yeah, I don't. I, I think so. Like, even I mean, yeah, John Wolford is your insurance policy to Matthew Stafford, just like Simeon, yeah. and you could go down the list, like protect your assets. Yeah, and at this time of year, that's not a a bad thing to do anyways, especially for contenders or, mm-hmm. you know, teams uh, on the bubble at least. Yeah, teams that have extra roster spot, quite honestly. Like, just uh, even if you're out of it and you're still playing and you, have a, you don't have a trade deadline, like, think of John Wolford as a third or fourth round pick. And when it happens, you trade him for that. I'm not about like just trying to assume we're going to get a second or first for these guys, but think about him like that. And it's a free third or fourth just because nobody else picked up these players before their quarterback gets hurt. And it's, it's like playing the lottery though. Like all these guys aren't going to have their quarterback in front of them, get hurt and net you anything, but some quarterbacks are unfortunately probably going to get hurt throughout the rest of the season and you could get a little something for it. Yeah. So Logan Thomas, the, the main reason that we're not prioritizing Logan Thomas here, uh, because I do think that he's a good, you know, every week starter for you at, at tight end, especially as long as Taylor Hineke keeps his job. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. But I mean, we've really kind of settled into a little bit of a pattern of streaming on next week, this week, and I, I still just think that that's a better way to go. Mm-hmm. Grab one of the guys the next week, this week, tight ends off of waivers, just plug them in for the week, and then you know do it again next week. 
So I think that's that's a better way to go. But um, if you're one of those set it and forget it type of people, I think that you prioritize Logan Thomas a little bit higher. Yeah. Or or if you wake up tomorrow and you're like, oh, nobody picked up Logan Thomas. Yeah. Then pick him up then, maybe yeah, over the next free. week this week, guys. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So next week this week, players that should clear waivers or, you know, you could put a, a minimum bid on them, likely to get them this week. Um, and then next week uh, you save that fab um, when they become high priorities. So starting at quarterback, and I hate this one, Joe Flacco for the Jets. I So here's the thing. Like I'm prepared to take the L on Zach Wilson, but I'm not going to do it until the New York Jets do it. <laughs> like, And they they seem like they're getting close, but they haven't done it yet. And um, so all we're doing here is preparing for that possibility. I'm not completely convinced that Zach Wilson can't be, you know, a, a serviceable starting quarterback in the NFL, but man, they're getting sick of him. And so he's not going to play the new England Patriots, the, you know, the number one defense, uh, number two defense against quarterbacks. Um, or number two defense at stopping teams from scoring fantasy points. That's what it is. But he's not going to play New England every week. Uh, he's, you know, it's mm-hmm. it it's going to be easier, um, easier, easier, uh, an easier schedule going forward for Zach Wilson. But let's still prepare for the possibility here that they finally just say, all right, you know, yes, we're winning games usually. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this this offense has to be more multidimensional than this. And they go back to Joe Flacco, who was, you know, who was leading that passing attack to start the season and had them putting up, you know, in the neighborhood of 28, 30 points a week. So it seems like that move very well could be coming. We both love Mike White, but if they make the move to, if they were to bench Zach Wilson, I think it's for Joe Flacco, not for Mike White. Probably at this point. Yep. Put the vet in. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, I think that the reason to make that move is you're six and four. You feel like you've still got a shot at the playoffs which you absolutely do right now you're on the outside looking in, but you still have a path into the playoffs. So, you know, who's the guy who actually gets you there. And my bet is that they're going to feel like that's Flacco. So let's stash him now um, and get ready for that. When, uh, if, and when he becomes a starter Uh, running backs, both Marlon Mack and Mike Boone for Denver kind of talked about that one already. Mike Boone isn't back until week 13, but uh, Marlon Mack, the immediate backup to Latavius Murray right now, Michael Carter and James Robinson um, for the jets. Both of those guys at this point very well could have been dropped in your leagues in a lot of formats. They probably would have been dropped. And again, there very well could be a quarterback switch coming, which 
really kind of opens things up for every single piece of this offense. Like Elijah Moore, we're not we didn't put him on the sheet, but I think he becomes kind of a buy low candidate. Um, you know, with Joe Flacco looming. So but certainly the running game is uh is going to improve in very, very good schedule to end the season. Um James Cook, who but we're going to talk about Naheem Hines yet again. We talk about him just about every week in some context. <laughs> but uh, James Cook somehow is still just getting an increased workload. Ever like Even after the trade for Naheem Hines, he's getting more and more work behind Devin Singletary. And then finally, Hassan Hos- Haskins um, for Tennessee um, backing up Derrick Henry. Uh, this is so they've got a pretty favorable schedule just kind of overall not necessarily for running backs but just kind of overall it's a it's a decent schedule for Tennessee which is probably going to mean is probably going to mean less passing and a, a heavier focus on the run not to mention the fact that Derrick Henry has missed a significant amount of time in the over the last couple of years with injuries we're kind of we're we're really just kind of looking for pieces out of that running game, anyways. But you throw in that potential league winning upside if Derrick Henry were to go out, and it looks like Hassan Haskins would likely be kind of their uh, their their workhorse back if Derrick Henry were to go down. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's start there. Anything to add on the quarterback running backs? Man, I like Haskins. I like that ad, and I, I do think he's an important handcuff to Derrick Henry. He's a nice big body, and he's not Derrick Henry, but I think that he's going to be the guy that they trust with that ball if Henry goes down. Even Henry commented on Hassan Haskins in preseason and camp and everything and how much he liked him. Um, they just they don't need to use him with having Derrick Henry. But I, I like that one a lot. James Cook and Michael Carter, I feel like we're not coaching the team, but I feel like if you were, if you just give those guys the ball a little bit more, that would help Zach Wilson out a little bit too. Like right now, like it's almost, I don't know. I didn't see this coming with that backfield after Brees went down. And I didn't think Carter or James Robinson was Brees, but I thought they'd utilize these guys a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm all about still trying to add some James Robinson, though. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. And, and the Flacco one we talked enough about. The, I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. But, yeah, man. I think I, I, I feel like I'll be eating some crow on Zach Wilson at some point in our, our dynasty future. Yeah. It, it sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. They're like all the the talent in the world is there, but just putting it together, it just isn't mm-hmm. really happening. Um, wide receiver. So we've got a name here that we've been we had we had on the on next week this week for like the first four weeks of the year or something <laughs> like that, and then finally decided, all right, we've got to wait, especially when his return got pushed back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when it looked like it was going to be, you know, week eight to 10, something like that. And it got pushed back. Um, 
but it was like, all right, we've, we have to stop saying this <laughs> until it's actually happening. Well, it's happening. Jamison Williams activated from IR. And uh, I, which I don't know if that means he's going to make his debut in week 12 um, or if it's going to be week 13. Either way, I would kind of expect a, a little bit of a limited snap count in his first game. And then it's all systems go. So, you know, this is this is a first round wide receiver with, you know, who who graded just as highly as anybody else out of this draft class. And this has been a great draft class with Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, guys like that. George Pickens coming on, you know, Traylon Burks with a monster game this week. This has been a great wide receiver draft class. And Jamison Williams was right there with the top guys in terms of, uh, his rookie grade. So there's a, this, this, it really kind of reminds me of the other guy. We're going to talk about a wide receiver, Odell Beckham jr. When he was a rookie Mm -hmm. and he misses, you know, a big chunk of the season to start and then comes in and it's just like, this is a rookie. Like this is, he ended up being a league winner and he ended up being the reason that so many people are playing dynasty now. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I want to have this guy on my roster yeah. forever. Didn't <laughs> so, he have the catch his rookie year too? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. So, you know, I I'm I'm not saying that Jamison Williams is in line for anything like that necessarily, but I'm saying that that's the type of upside that you're getting off of waivers right now. Yep. With Jam with Jamison Williams. Yeah, Lions played it smart and made us wait, and yeah, it's time now. Like you said, yeah, yeah, it, it's so rare that you get just like somebody with that league-winning type of upside off of waivers. But at least in redraft leagues, he's pretty available. Mm-hmm. I think he's only he, his ownership is uh, or his roster ship is barely in the double digits in redraft leagues. So. And then uh, finally, tight end, like I said, the next week, this week for tight end has really kind of become who who to stream this week. So Trey McKitty gets the best matchup possible. The Chargers are at Arizona, the worst defense against uh, tight ends. Just gave up two touchdowns to George Kittle on Monday night. Foster Moreau uh, gets the second worst defense against tight ends at Seattle. And then finally, uh, the third worst uh, matchup for, or the third worst defense is stopping tight ends is Miami. That's Houston's Tegan Quit- Quitoriano. Quitoriano. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I need to practice saying that name because we're going to say it a Quitoriano. lot. <laughs> I actually had him originally as a waiver ad. I kind of think he's going to clear waivers in a lot of leagues, but in dynasty man stash, this guy, he is taking over that job completely. Like Brevin Jordan was a healthy scratch this week. Cotoriano is the guy that they're, that they're looking to in the passing game. And now he gets a great matchup this week as well. But even if, it, even if, you're not looking for a streamer for this week. If you're in a dynasty league, I would stash him, especially yeah. if there's any kind of premium. But those are great streams, like you said. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Yeah. 
all guys who are likely available too. And those are the three best matchups possible for tight ends. All right, some players that we can drop. And I'm going to let you kick this one off. I'm unfortunately dropping Tyler Algier. I kind of thought he's somebody that we'd be using a little bit more down the road. If you have roster spots, don't just drop him for nothing. He's But he's just the handcuff to Cordell Patterson. And I, I don't think he's going to see much. I think that, that it's Patterson's backfield the remainder of this season so for redraft yeah. format where i'm trying to get points right now in my lineup i'm unfortunately going to drop him and then the other guy that i kind of alluded to earlier in the show that i talk about a lot and john brought up was naheem hines and part of it's just the roster ship i'm still seeing on hines doesn't really match up with a couple players that i think that like even he he has he's owned more than Donovan Peoples Jones and Joshua Palmer both who we'll talk about a little bit more here later but he he has well no sorry he's only owned more than Donovan Peoples Jones Joshua Palmer and him are really close and both of those players are going to give you fantasy points even if it's in your flex spot every week and Naheem Hines is not going to yeah. That's how I feel. So I think you can drop both those guys. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm I it's a little tougher for me with Tyler Algier. I agree. Because um, it, it does seem like he's Algier. he's he's the early downs back. But what I would say like to you know, in favor of this move is in redraft leagues, it gets it sometimes it you know, you know, being really, really realistic about this, being judicious about this and identifying the guys that like, OK, he's productive. OK, he's got a role. OK, like there's a defined role. It might even be a predictable role. I might even see it coming when Tyler Algier is going to be, you know, a, a flex type option for me. Mm-hmm. But is that good enough? Like what, you know, what? What's the reward for the risk of keeping this guy on my roster, especially when there are other guys available? Jamison Williams is is out there in your redraft league, and he most likely is. Tyler Algier is, you know, kind of at the end of your bench. Like you're trying to figure out who do I drop here. Like Tyler Algier for Jamison Williams is kind of a no brain. Yeah, so. and like you said, end of your bench. Let that be. Somebody else will pick up Tyler Algier, and it'll be their problem that they probably won't start. Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago, I dropped Brian Robinson in a redraft league. And, you know, like somebody got, somebody picked him up, somebody started him, got some points from him and stuff. Um, and so, you know, I played bad defense, but I made a better move for my own roster by just acknowledging like there isn't really a scenario where Brian Robinson starts for me this year. So, you know. Make that sometimes cut. you have to do it, yeah, yeah, and and you end up cutting players sometimes that upgrade another team, mm-hmm. but that's just because of their poor management. If we're being honest, like yeah, you you shouldn't be in a situation where you're picking up my table scraps. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, guys that I'm dropping, I just have two tight ends for you. OJ Howard losing that passing downs role to. Uh, 
Quatoriano, and then Isaiah Likely with Mark Andrews back. That one is not a dynasty move. That's only for redraft. But um, yeah, he's he's really just kind of a handcuff to Mark Andrews. And if Mark Andrews is healthy, he's a tight end two overall right now. And there's just kind of nothing left for Isaiah Likely once. Not only that, Mark Andrews, Demarcus Robinson, like that's about all Lamar Jackson can support, and he barely does that. (laughs) So not much touchdown upside for anyone in that offense. So certainly not uh, anything left for the backup tight end. Who are are you going to fade? I've got Rashad White as a fade. I'm actually, I went back to week 10s and then he went into his bye week and I'm fading the 22 attempts, 105 yards, but it's not Rashad White's fault. It's just that we're out of the bye week. I think we get a little bit of a fresher Leonard Fournette and I think it's his backfield and until further notice, I like Rashad White. I'm not just dropping him, but I am, I'm definitely not starting him. I'm, I'm kind of fading that a little bit and I think Fournette's somebody you could probably add to your your teams for this season. Yeah. Man, so one of your cells we could have uh, also put as a fade, but <laughs> after three touchdowns. Um, yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> but we, we uh, could still fade that cell. Sell that yeah. fade. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm primarily fading, you know, monster – uh, performances in week 11 that are not really not sustainable, not repeatable. Austin Hooper, two touchdowns. That's not happening again. Like I said, this is going to be the game scripts are going to set up for the Tennessee Titans to be doing a minimal amount of throwing going forward. They're going to focus heavily on the run. I don't know that there are going to be two red zone targets available to Austin Hooper in another game so much less two touchdown receptions and then the bigger one is Tutu Atwell he ran one route he got one target on that one route and it happened to be a 62 yard touchdown yeah and then didn't set foot on the field again the rest of the game like yeah this no thank you I am not at all interested in chasing one 62 yard touchdown on one route run yeah like that one that one doesn't even need explanation yeah that's where people hopefully you're looking at a lot more than fantasy points on this one here yeah because you see that touchdown and it puts him in the box score but he wasn't really yeah i'm also fading by the way trade deadlines um uh, definitely in dynasty leagues i don't see a reason for it I don't really see much of a need for it in redraft. I I get it a little bit more in redraft. I know that I'm going to hear from people, oh, it's to prevent collusion. It's to prevent, you know, teams giving making bad trades to help contenders, like helping contenders load up, things like that. Like, I, I get it. I don't think it happens nearly as often as you think. And I think there are better ways to mitigate it. But... Uh, you know, if you want a trade deadline in your redraft league, that's fine. But dynasty leagues, we certainly have no use for trade deadlines. So, um, our, uh, our buy slash hold section is going to focus from now on, like I said, 
primarily on dynasty leagues, um, you know, that don't have trade deadlines. Uh, and therefore it's, it's also primarily going to focus on contenders, uh, players who can help contenders, uh, get over the hump. So, um, and finish off a championship. So let's talk about those. Who are some, uh, buys and holds for you? I, I fully endorse the no trade date, no trade deadline. Nice. 100%. Like yeah. it, it just, in the long run too, the thing about it is it probably helps your non-contenders just as much as it helps the contenders this year at rebuilding their teams. And it kind of yeah. slowly balances out your league. It's a good stabilizer to have. I don't think you should it's, take that away. Yeah. This is such a great opportunity right now for, um, for non-contenders to extract as much value as possible out of guys like Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, yep. you know, players like that, like they, and, and some of the players we're going to mention, like yep. they're going to get more value out of those guys than they would once the season's over. Yeah. So let them. <laughs> so I'm buying some running backs that I think can help you down the way and their names are Same. often kind of, we'll just say that their names have been tainted in the in our world the fantasy world the dynasty world and that's josh jacobs and david montgomery josh jacobs you and i mentioned before the show his schedule is not really favorable but i think he's going to continue to get a workload that's going to help you in in fantasy football the problem with josh jacobs is i mean as far as like the hold side of this is I don't know how much you can really get when you're trading him away. And that's one of the reasons I'd rather just hold that production anyway, because unless somebody's really even willing to pay you up and you're out of contention, Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery have been dragged through the mud, mud so much, no matter how much they produce that I, I think that they're a decent buy right now and you can add them to your team to help you the rest of the way. David Montgomery actually has a pretty decent schedule but that will be a little bit contingent on 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 one of John's buys, but still has the same nice schedule. So you guys probably know who I'm talking about. But these guys I'm buying because they I don't think they cost as much as the production that they're going to give you for the rest of the season. Yep, Khalil Herbert is my guy for you know kind of for the same reasons. Although, like I think that you you did this exercise better than I did in this case because. You're like you're coming up with names that you're like, yeah, I'm willing to pay up for these guys because they're going to help you win your league. My two guys were guys that I think you can still get a little bit of a disc at a little bit of a discount. I still think that they help you win your league, um, but they're not. It's it's not like buy high type of guys, which um, which I think is what this exercise really should be. But Khalil Herbert, I think you're going to get a little bit of a discount. Um, with him on on IR, but I think that he comes back to a pretty significant role in that offense. Um, and then it, it, that's actually kind of a, a dynasty, um, a kind of a long-term pickup as well. And then Ramondre Stevenson is the other one with Damian Harris coming back from injury and actually looking pretty good, being actually more effective than Ramondre Stevenson against the Jets. Um, but the the role for Ramondre Stevenson has not changed. 
he's still been overall the most effective runner for the Patriots all season long. And he's more involved in the passing game as well. So you're getting the receptions, um, but you're getting the short yardage, the goal line work primarily from Stevenson. Harris is just going to probably cap Stevenson's upside a little bit, but I'm not worried about Harris taking over uh, very much of that workload otherwise. Yeah. Um, Let's see, some players to sell. And we didn't talk about this. If this is, I guess this is also kind of dynasty. Um, kind of, uh, and I maybe to kind of clean things up uh, in order to make your lineups easier to set, I guess it would be the best way to uh, approach this. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, and I think that there's also some context involved for this too, which I think we're, we're pretty well at explaining right at, you know, so for me, like, for example, one of my cells was, is Tony Pollard. And I think you mentioned him in, in the back of your head when you were talking about could have been one of our fates. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I think that I'm happy selling him even if I am in contention, but that's assuming that I'm pretty okay at running back and I'm not, I don't know. I've never been a totally Tony Pollard guy, especially in dynasty. I see an opportunity to get out of this situation and it's been there a while. I don't know that it's going to be there forever. Jerry Jones isn't the guy that cares how good Tony Pollard is. <laughs> He's yeah. the guy that, I mean, he wants Emmett Smith. Yeah. He wants Ezekiel Elliott. He wants the name. He wants the star running back. It's fun to, he likes the position. I like the position too, so I'm not going to throw any shade, but Tony Pollard's not the running back of the future for Dallas, in my opinion. He's a 26 year old backup running back. Yeah. So. I think if you can get out of this situation now, I'm even happy to trade him to somebody that thinks they can compete with me and put him in their lineup just to rid myself of the problem. Now, if you're out of contention was kind of more where my mindset was coming from on my cells, then I'm definitely not holding on to Tony Pollard or my next cell, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. And a big part of this... Because, like, I, I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. I like what he's doing. There's nothing to not believe in in these stud wide receivers that have been doing this throughout their careers. But you look at what happens, like, with somebody like Cooper Cup. Talk about purgatory. Like, these aren't the kind of wide receivers that you can do much with after they are injured because people want, like, the young injured wide receivers that haven't done anything yet. They want the young wide receivers that haven't even done anything yet. They don't want the 30 year old that just got injured while they're rebuilding their team. You lose so much when you have a a veteran stud get injured, be it a running, I don't care what position it is, but look at what just happened with Cooper cup. Like you, all you can do is hold. You can't like look to your non contenders like you can with some of the other pieces because they're like, yeah, I like Cooper Cup, but he's old and now he's injured. It just changes so much. Like if Derrick Henry gets injured and he's out for the rest of the season, same type of thing. Like 
you can't get him to those rebuilding teams like you can some of the other assets. It really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So DeAndre Hopkins, sorry. That was long-winded. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. No, that's that's a good one. Pollard, yeah, it was also just kind of a fade the three touchdowns. Like I said, I mean, I, you know, to your point, they want to keep, for whatever reason, they want to keep Ezekiel Elliott pretty involved. And that's really going to mean Tony Pollard is going to have to score from distance if he's going to do it. He did it three times on Sunday. Yeah, but, but he had man, like 189 that's... all-purpose yards too. Right. And you yep. look back in his last few weeks, he's really getting like 100 all-purpose a week for the last four or five. But, man, still, I I, I, I just want to get out. Right. Yeah. Um, guys, I don't particularly want to get out on but i think that you can really kind of capitalize on the value right now first of all is christian watson uh, like I, I, we talked about him last week i think he's gonna be fine going forward but this he's making a lot out of a very small target share at this point 16 percent target share alan lazard had 30 percent christian watson though gets in the end zone twice yeah five touchdowns in two weeks like, this is all stuff that we know, we all know, whether we admit it or not, we know deep down this is not sustainable stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to think about the possibilities of somebody with that type of upside, quote-unquote upside, that type of ceiling, but the reality is there's massive regression coming, negative regression coming for Christian Watson, and... We really just kind of want to see more than anything. We'd like to see that target share go up. You know, forget the touchdowns. Touchdowns aren't sticky. We always talk about that. We've known that forever. That's not the type of thing we want to chase. We want to talk. We want to chase volume, and we would like to see more volume from Christian Watson. Now, in a dynasty league, I think you're probably going to get that. In a redraft league, I don't. So. Um, and but above all else, I just think that right now his value is probably about as high as it'll ever get just based off of those two multi touchdown games. And then Pat Mahomes, um, this is first of all, there's name value, second of all, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way Pat Mahomes has been playing this season. No, nothing at all. The big knock is the schedule horrible horrible schedule the rest of the season which includes the fantasy playoffs it's also they're also very winnable games though like they get denver twice for instance those are bad matchups for quarterbacks pat pat mahomes has really generally had a kind of tough time with the broncos defense but that's a game that they're absolutely going to win somehow like they don't need pat mahomes to throw five touchdowns to win that game you know, give Isaiah Pacheco 16 carries and you're going to win the you're going to win that game 17 to 10. You know, like you're going to see a lot of that from the Chiefs to finish this season. You're going to see a lot of, you know, overall positive game scripts for the Chiefs, but negative game scripts for the passing game, negative game scripts for Pat Mahomes and again, throwing into tough defenses as well. There's kind of a lot of that coming up for Pat Mahomes. So I think it's a good time to get away from him, capitalize on the 
the name value um, and, you know, maybe find a, a quarterback who's got a little bit more upside for you the rest of the season. Yeah. Or if you're out of contention, maybe. I mean, you can get so much for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I The one thing that I have a hard time with is figuring out who is that guy who has the upside, you know, the league winning upside that you trade for right now. Like you give up Pat Mahomes for, you know, another quarterback plus something like who's that quarterback. Mm, and yeah. like the name that I keep coming back to, uh, this is so disgusting. And I'm not, I don't want to commit to this. I don't want to like go out on a limb necessarily. I'm just kind of curious is Lamar Jackson. Mm. We both are so sick of Lamar Jackson those two monster games, QB one overall, weeks two and three, and then he does have a decent schedule. Yeah, good, a good schedule. He's getting comfortable with the weapons. Got Mark Mark Andrews healthy again. Yeah, and like <laughs> to your point, you know what you've kind of been tweeting about is how you get, you know, about half the season. Lamar Jackson is awesome. The other half of the season, he's awful. He's been awful for half a season now. <laughs> so shouldn't we? <laughs> shouldn't we? He's been See he's some been kind of garbage for eight weeks now. Like, shouldn't <laughs> we get some some magic from yeah, him the rest of I, the? <laughs> I get it. I I get it. I can't. I can't, John. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it's I got it's no fight tough, in me man. here, but I, yeah, I can't. It's abstract as hell. I'll I'd rather go that. after like Herbert. Yeah. Somebody like that. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> definitely to uh definitely nice try. You got me to have people add Rondale Moore to waiver wires a couple weeks ago or so, so nice. Um <laughs> and we're probably why you got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> there was also a, there was something in my karma this week. Like I did something very very good cuz I stole so many wins this week that I didn't deserve. And one of them was I went into a game up by five points with, and I was done. He had Rondell Moore and I ended up winning by six points. <laughs> oh, wow. Cause he got negative, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He had that one carry lost six yards and then out for the rest of the game. Kadarius that, Tony did outscore somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I outscored him too, so. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh Is it next year? This year? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's help some teams rebuild. Um I want to go first though just because mine is uh I'm like I'm kind of dipping a toe and I'm kind of easing into this a little bit. Um, and just kind of like I'm not even giving you necessarily like specific names, mm -hmm. just kind of this is what we're looking for. So kind of the running backs that we're looking for, like going into this season, the guys for me, it was Saquon Barkley is DeAndre Swift, you know, to a slightly lesser extent, Nick Chubb. But we're really kind of looking for guys with, you know, younger, lower usage, um, not as far into their career, basically. We want guys who have not already been the running back one overall, especially this year. 
and we want guys who aren't coming off of major injury. So, like, you eliminate Brees Hall because of the injury. Javante Williams eliminated because of the injury. You know, you eliminate the Christian McCaffreys of the world and, you know, um, Alvin Kamara. And honestly, Nick Chubb is not going to be part of the conversation anymore. Saquon Barkley is not going to be part of the conversation, especially if he's able to finish as the running back one overall this season. We're really kind of down to it. Like, I mean, obviously, we also want a fairly significant role. I have one one player stamped in my head, Kenneth Walker. From, well, that's a good one. No, I like Walker, man. I, would, I mean, I yeah. definitely would be after Kenneth Walker. I just wonder how much it's going to cost me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, I you know, I kind of think that the guys that we're going to look at, and we'll I thought narrow you were going it down. to J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins is one of them coming off of the ACL injury like this is you know year two is still kind of a rehab year so Mm -hmm. year a little further removed than the guys you mentioned though the injured players you mentioned yeah yeah so yeah so he's he's ready to come back at full health next year so he he'd be on the list Travis Etienne would be on the list I still think DeAndre Swift would be on the list um I I mean Man, somehow I'll tell you to... what, John, I've already thought about that. And uh, Swift is going to be one of the first players I'm putting offers in for when this season is over. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't even think that you have to wait till the season's over. Like if you're if you're competing, I think that DeAndre Swift is going to help you do that. And I know it's getting harder and harder to to visualize that after Jamal Williams scores three touchdowns. But I think that that, uh, I think I still think that Deandre Swift is going to take on more and more of a role in this, See, uh, in that backfield. I, I agree, man. What, but I, what I want to do is one of your players that you mentioned that wasn't going to be ready is, and I think that it'll gain more value into the off season is Brees Hall. I want to use Brees Hall to go get Swift plus. Yeah. And then Swift, like you said, he's going to be more ready next year. His value goes up while people are realizing that Brees isn't ready and they need to wait a little bit longer. That's the move I want to make with all my Brees Hall shares. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Yeah. And then, I mean, we kind of talked about it last year with Saquon Barkley. It was, yeah, this year, like, you know, people, people think that he's back, uh, back healthy. And so now's the time to sell him, you know, if, when people think that he has that upside and then when they see that he doesn't and they devalue him, you buy him back cheap. Yep. And then this year it was Dobbins. That's the guy that you wanted to you wanted to sell him before the season when everyone thought he could be a league winner, and then they find out that he's not actually healthy yet. Now they start calling him injury prone. They act like he's never going to be healthy again, as if right. we haven't seen this before with a million other running backs. Yep, this exact same path. And then, and so now that people are starting to devalue him, now you buy him back at a massive profit, and then when he actually has the upside for running back one overall, because he's actually healthy in 2023, like you, you basically just flipped him for something that helped you this year and then got him back plus something for 
at the same price basically. So, um, so yeah, the guys like that, uh, and, and Brees Hall is not going to be that next year is going to be another, you know, an extension of the rehab for Brees Hall. So yeah, like take mm-hmm. advantage of the value. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker, one of the guys that I'm curious about, and like what I think is going to happen here is we're going to start off with a list of probably five or six names, and we're going to narrow it down as the offseason goes on. But I think that you want to load up with on as many of these guys as you can. You've got as many shots as possible. That's the thing. I talked about this last week with Sparkly. It was never that Swift and Barkley were going to necessarily finish one and two. It was that one of these guys, you you know, you get both of these guys. If there are four players who have running back one overall upside, you've got two of them. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, you've got a, a one and two shot here at having the best running back in football. And we know what a difference that makes. It ended up being Barkley so far this year. But, you know, if you drafted Swift and Barkley, you ended up, you still ended up with that same, you know, you, you achieved the goal. That's kind of yeah. what we're going for. So, yep. so now we want to do the same thing. We want to load up on all those guys who have that upside. And then that list is going to get narrowed down. But, I mean, you can still get something out of those guys, whether it's through trade or even just hang on to them and get, you know, whatever you're still going to get a startable option, Mm -hmm. you know? So anyways, point being like at the moment, I don't think he's going to stay here, but at the moment, I think Damian Pierce is on that list. And I think that once he comes off that list, you still stash him and say, all right, so I'm still getting like an RB two, a lot of, a lot of the season next year. And then, you know, I still have whoever's going to be RB1, whether it's Swift, Etienne, Walker, you know, you you still have that. So to me, the goal right now is going to be to start collecting those types of players. Yeah, I I like it. And get them now before they start getting better and better and better and people start catching on. And it just gets harder to add them as the season goes on or off season, should I say. Right. Yeah. There is no off season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and if you're not rebuilding, honestly, you could like, if you're winning right now with Saquon Barkley, you just wait till the season's over and you trade Saquon because his value is going to be up there. And yeah. you're probably going to get two of these guys who actually have that upside. Man, Barkley's going to be hard for me to move at the end of this season. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't be smart. Yeah. But man, it'll be it'll be tough to move him. Yeah. To want to move him. It's pretty cutthroat to mm-hmm. just say, All right, I I got an awesome season out of this guy, but now I'm done with him. <laughs> you know, thrown yeah. away yesterday's razor just because Yeah. That'll be tough. Yeah. So my next year this year, guys. I, the first guy I want to talk about is John's boy. We've talked about a lot on the show this year is Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I think that he's one of those players that you can get now. He can help you this year. 
He's underappreciated, which is really the reason he gets brought up on the show so much. If if the whole world was talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones, he probably wouldn't be the flavor for this show, quite honestly. But the thing is, is that he's still undervalued, even with the target share he continues to get. John, you mentioned... You mentioned on a social media platform that we, we frequent a lot that he finally got his touchdown this week, and now it's just wheels up. He's going to get Watson back. That'll help him the rest of the season, and I think the future is bright for this kid, quite honestly. So I think he's somebody that you can add in your dynasty teams and help you now and help you build for your future. Go blue. Yep. And then the luckiest wide receiver in the NFL, and that is Joshua (laughs) Palmer. To be put in the situation he has been put in for his first couple of seasons, having Herbert as his quarterback, getting to learn from Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and and to see that he's going to have that role in what he's done without those players on the field and what he still did this weekend with them on the field – He's he's building chemistry with Herbert, who's obviously the quarterback of the future. I think they keep Joshua Palmer around, and we've seen that he's going to be a part of this team for the future. And Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, unfortunately, aren't going to be around as long. Like Keenan Allen's on his way out. It's going to be Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer very soon, and we've seen how much Mike Williams is on and off the field. And, and again, these players are like... Naheem Hines level ownership in and it's driving me crazy. I just think you can add them for fairly cheap, help your teams now and then. That's all I got, John. Who'd you rather have, Joshua Palmer or George Pickens? To build. Oh, around. dude, that's a tough <laughs> one. That is a tough one, right? Like you surprisingly have to, so, tough. It's like where's the echo chamber? Oh man, it's in my head. <laughs> it's in my head. Um yeah, man, that's so tough. I think that. Yeah, dude, this is a that's a that's a tough one because you I have I'm supposed to say George Pickens, right? And you're supposed to wonder who's going to be the quarterback for ever in the Steelers, and if I get another season with Kenny Pickett, <laughs> which I think you do, and that yeah. versus Joshua Palmer growing a role and opportunity with Herbert. And what yeah. Palmer's done, that's tough, man. It should be closer than it actually is if you type it into the value charts or roster ship or anything like that. Right. Um, so I'm not going to answer this question on tape, <laughs> but the move is definitely to trade away your George Pickens for Joshua Palmer plus. Yeah. Yeah. That, but, yeah, I, mean, dude, I guess that's, that's a great the, one, and that's kind of why wide receivers so don't tough. matter because they're right. out there for <laughs> you and doing better than wide receivers that people make matter. Right, I know, and and just kind of looking ahead, I mean, again, you know, first of all, you look at competition for targets. Like right now, that favors George Pickens, but you know, you say let's say you lose Keenan Allen. All of a sudden, I mean, to me, Josh Palmer, and and you know how I feel about Mike Williams. That's a big part of this. But yeah, Josh Palmer becomes the top wide receiver there. Mm-hmm. Like he's certainly more versatile than Mike Williams. Yeah, um, you know, better, better, uh, uh, kind of mid-level type of guy than than Mike Williams. Mike Williams is just kind of the deep downfield jump ball. 
in a red big red zone target type of guy like palmer does everything kind of the way keenan allen does just not from the slot so um, all of a sudden you know there's more competition for targets in pittsburgh than there is in la just by losing one player and then like you said you're tied to a much much better quarterback in la as well so Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's yeah People are going to be scooping up George Pickens all over the place, and I kind of think that the move is Josh Palmer. But I I like that a lot, man. I, I and I like the plus that you can get on top of it. That and too, it's be way easier to acquire. Yeah, even today. Yep. Yep. That too. That's the type of discussion that we're going to be able to have uh, with next year, this year, for the remainder of this season. And you know, I think that we kind of start to slip back into dynasty mode as we finish off the season here. And, uh, you know, we're not going to leave the contenders completely behind, but, um, we also, yeah, we start talking more dynasty. We start looking ahead to, you know, future seasons more and more. And we help people kind of rebuild, find the players that are going to be useful to your, uh, to your dynasty rosters in 2023 and beyond not just here in 2022 so i'm glad that we brought that back i thought that was a great idea that you had and uh i'm looking forward to doing that yeah i love it and it's something we talk about i think a lot but without really bringing the spotlight to it like that yep yep so yeah there's an there's an extra segment an extra uh an extra action item for you an extra procedure in your standard operating procedures for the week so now you've got all of them plus that and all that's left for you to do is go and execute